When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other. We help each other to grow. We also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me and let's connect. Connection. Hi, I want to give you a heads up that in this conversation, we do touch on and talk about living in an abusive situation. It is an important conversation and it's one more of us need to have. I hope you listen. And I hope we all grow together. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's so true. Matters. But, okay, so just going to say, um, and we can pick up where we left off, that I am speaking with you, Jen Gardella. I'm so happy because I've watched you, as I told you, I've stalked you from afar, sometimes closer, sometimes distant. But I'm going to tell you what I know without me like reading your bio and then you tell me like what did I forget what did I get wrong what was wildly inaccurate and I might only get two things right I've been known to do that but I just as you and I started off this conversation talking about perceptions so this is my perception I so you're a doctor you're Dr. Jen Gardella right Dr. Jennifer Gardella Jennifer Lynn Gardella yes yes and so I my, you're well-educated. You're a great writer. You're a well-known and respected blogger. You've appeared in the Huffington post. You, um, are an educator. You are, I would say that you're a thought leader, a public speaker. You've been a go-to, um, as it relates to marketing, branding, social media, um, and lately you've stepped into the domestic violence arena and have really become an advocate for people experiencing domestic violence. So that is just my off the cuff in my head. So tell me what I got wrong and what I got right. I, I can't believe I didn't pay you to do that. <laughs> Good thing. I'm glad that this is being recorded because that was, I'm going to use that. Um, the only thing you missed is my proudest title of all is mom of three daughters who are launching off the family payroll, as I like to say. So that's about it. (laughs) That's pretty cool. That's pretty great. Well, you and I were just, we'll, we'll continue, but we were talking about just the disappointment in the little things or the expectations we have of other people. And you're so right, you know, like not waiting for everybody to eat or, um, manners are like a big thing with me too. I'm always shocked. Right. So I was telling the story before we hit record, you know, my, one of my best friends on the planet is Mary Fran Bontempo. She is probably the one person who always will tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear, which is one of her. And I called her the other day, you know, lamenting about what we were just talking about someone in a business setting, you know, eating before everybody is served their food without anyone saying, Oh, go ahead and eat. You know, that's how we were brought up and right. Oh, go ahead. So my mother would say, 
And you look at people and you're like, as they're chowing down and I don't have my burger yet. And you're like, who raised you? And Mary Fred had a beautiful line and she's had several in my life. But what she said to me was, you have to stop expecting people to live up to your standards, whatever it is that you set for yourself, because you're always disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And my standards aren't always, you know, top notch. Like I live below standards sometimes too. We, we, we all dip. <laughs> so We all dip and we have different standards. So what I think is important, right. somebody might not think is important, but you know, and actually that brings somebody up, Sue Geyer. Do you know Sue? I wrote uh, when we were speaking, Sue is the one that oh, did right. my lens, my lens, my fuel, my whatever. I do remember that. That sits at the top of my goal chart. Okay. How could I forgot? Because I did read that, but maybe that's why she popped into my head. And <laughs> I forget, like I, she did that with me and I have to re-listen to it because I forget what was what, but I remember she told me one of mine was kindness. I remember, I remember what they were, kindness, connections, and transformation. I just don't remember what was what, but I remember thinking, I said to Sue, well, everybody's is kindness. And she said, no, everybody's is not kindness. And I... Right. And it could be security. It could be, you know, like there's so many things it could be. And so it, it's such an important exercise because it does tell you, oh, wait a second. We're all kind of um, approaching life from different perspectives. So yeah, my three were with uh, Sue were trust, uniqueness and courage. And it was, and it's that wow. courage piece that I rely on. Like I just did today. I'm trying to do some domestic violence training with some officials and someone a couple of years ago had mentioned to me, Hey, by the way, I do this. And when you're ready, get in. And I emailed him today and he called me three seconds later. And I was like, to have the courage to do people are like, well, how do you have the courage to just think that you're qualified to go and train law enforcement or judges or anyone in the legal law enforcement system? I'm like, well, no one else is doing it. So I might as wow, well. I love it. So I, when I first met you, I remember you were, you were blogging and it was about a blended family, right? It was. Yeah. And, um, so really interesting and funny and warm. And so then I've seen, you know, I know your marriage broke up. If I can just jump mm-hmm. into it. Um, sure. and First of all, even that, I just want to say that some people won't even share that, that their, you know, marriage broke up or that they had a thing. So I'm curious about A, how that impacted you because it was so locked in with your profession in a way. And then what was like the impetus and speaking of courage to put it out there when we all have these publicly crafted personas that don't ever really match, but we like to pretend that they do. Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, my second marriage is what actually brought me to Bucks County. It's what brought me to this area. It's what I probably, I would have been a Jersey girl my whole life, probably. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And so I'm forever, what really happened was you go through this period of shame you know, Brene Brown calls it uh, like the worst feeling you could ever have of living with shame and despair. Like you're um, ashamed that you couldn't make it work. I had a big joke in a blog, you know, every, all my ex-boyfriends out there are like, God, we really dodged a bullet with her. She's divorced twice. 
And it was one of my college boyfriends who were, were friends on Facebook and he reached out and he was like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't think that, you yeah. know? And so it, maybe it's not something that's wrong with me necessarily, but it's that I'm attracting what's wrong with me. And so that, and I also have learned that, you know, I have a big mouth. <laughs> I'm not right. scared to share my story. I have an outgoing personality most of the time until I don't. <laughs> and yeah. then I just want to sit on the couch and binge watch Netflix. But people need to feel connected to others with really bad situations. And much yes. like my domestic violence work, there's a lot of people living in hell and holding it together for that persona. And really, once you admit on the other side that something didn't work, you actually gain more credibility in the process. Like, hey, guess what, guys? My life's not perfect either. It may appear to you to be perfect, but it is. And that's one problem that I've had with a lot of networking. You know, people are like, oh, we're so sick of hearing how you have this like this new blended family long ago or you have a Ph.D. No one wants to hear you introduce yourself anymore as Dr. Jennifer Gardella. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, are oh you kidding gosh. me? Like, we all have our stuff. But we also have some good stuff that we have to applaud. And so of when I course. started to talk, yeah, when I started to talk a little bit about the breakup of the second marriage, I wanted people also to know that like I was okay in getting through it. And I said in that blog post, I was so fixated and attached to the story that I was making up in my head about what people think. Yes. Right. That's where we all get stuck. And I learned about two important things. One, everyone is too busy with their own lives to judge you. And if they are judging you, it's really a big problem with them. They are bringing yeah. their own story, their own inadequacies, their own life and putting it on yours because they have no life themselves. <laughs> this is essentially yeah. what I learned. So if they're going to, if all you want to do is sit around and hear about how, you know, you don't want to hear about my PhD, more than likely that's because you didn't go to college. And so then you have to meet my best friend on the planet, Danielle Pearson, who we talk every day. She never went to college. And right. we are the best of friends. I can't right. cook, decorate, dress myself, do my makeup like she can. I can't work a room like she, like we all have our strengths. We have our stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And we have our stuff. Sure. Yep. So where do you think, I'm curious. So can I, like you just said, you were a Jersey girl. Can mm -hmm. I take it back? Um, so what was like your, what was little Jen Gardella like? <laughs> was she even uh, Lynn? She wasn't Lynn, Jen Gardella, right? No, she was. That's my maiden name. I went back oh, to my maiden name. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. And it will never change um, <laughs> ever again. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I grew up in East Brunswick, New Jersey with New Yorker parents uh, who were, who raised me. Well, I like to say they raised me right. They raised me with manners. They raised me to work unbearably hard at life. They um, also, though, I was raised in a world where I was kind of an anomaly to everybody. No one really understood me. I didn't, I can't say I didn't fit in, but I was definitely different. Uh, we, you know, there's a hundred interesting, weird stories of my childhood, like we all have, I think. But I was definitely raised to work hard, value education. My father's a PhD. He's a consultant. He's a professor. So is my brother. I mean, we all tick on these levels of multiple sources of income and working really hard. And most importantly, my parents raised me to just do the right thing. Always show up for people, 
and always do the right thing. So we're the ones that always show up at the funeral to show support when people are hurting. We are the ones to bring the meal. We are the one to drive your kids when you don't, you know, when you're out of, like you don't have any other options. Like I'm always out there offering to people even when I don't know. Yes. And to just do the right thing behind closed doors even when no one's going to see it. True story because I actually was complaining about driving to Children's Hospital for my one daughter and you reached out and said, Years ago. Yes. But I always remembered that and said, I'll drive you, um, you know, behind the scenes, not on my Facebook page, but in the message where not everybody can see that you're reaching out and doing something um, so nice. Jen, I like to do it where everybody can see. (laughs) (laughs) But I applaud you for for saying that, you know, like you got to, like you own your stuff, right? That's it. But I, I, you know, I've been the mom. I I mean, you know, part of my story is I was divorced from my first husband and then he passed away in 2017. So, you know, I was that mom that needed a lot of help and I learned to reach out to people. Like I need to go away for business. I need to do this. Can you drive my kid? Can you make, can she stay with you? Can, and I know how hard it is for people to reach out and ask for help. And if I'm, and big piece of who I am is if I'm sitting here doing nothing, binge watching Netflix, and you are freaking out because you can't get your kid to chop or you can't get your other one to school because they don't drive or whatever, and you don't want them in Ubers alone, like, why not? Like, how selfish of me to just sit? So do you think maybe that this is my armchair psychology, which of course (laughs) I've got no... No background in, but do you think that maybe is that compassion part of you that was? I think it's con- yes. I think it's connect. I want people to be connected in with each other and yeah. to say I can lend a hand and I can ease a pain and a burden for you. By I mean, think about what that would have done, right? If you're up right. against a wall and you can't get your kid somewhere, and you have to say you know to the kid as I watch your cat walk around your top, <laughs> across your desk, <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, like I, I want people to know that reach out to, a, yeah. I, I don't yeah. care who it is. Like, I, so yeah, it probably is a little bit of a compassion, but it's connection. It's connecting in with each other. We're so bad at that. Right. And I, I that might be part of, again, that um, shame piece that you talked about, because I think that shame even extends to like Shane's cousin embarrassment. You know, it's like embarrassment isn't as deep, I guess, as shame, but I still, I always, I do tell my girls, people die because they don't want to be embarrassed. They don't get out of a car because they don't want to be embarrassed. There's something very innately human. We just don't want to be embarrassed. We want to look like we've got it all together. And none of us has it all together at all times. I can't count when I've had it all together <laughs> at any time. It happens <laughs> you know, like briefly. <laughs> right. You know, I've had it together. I don't know about all together, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that that's like a very innate human thing. And the more, I think one of the reasons I, I like doing a podcast is I think the more that we share, like our authenticity, the more we can actually really connect because it's really hard to connect if you're not authentic. I mean, and that's why, you know, sometimes we go to these networking events and it's like, oh my gosh, 
unless somebody's being authentic and on at least some level, it just doesn't even feel enjoyable. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because whenever someone reaches out for no reason, right? Like, oh, an old friend from the past or whatever. I'm like, geez, are they surviving or uh, a victim of domestic violence? Did their ex-husband just die? Do they want to get their PhD? Are they raising three children? And one maybe just got arrested like my youngest did at some point in her little life. Like, here I am. Right. And if I can help people get through those moments with humor and by the way, you know, if and, and Mary Fran and Kristen uh, Smedley are two people that taught me this as well. Look at all the good that they are doing in the world with their stories of complete messes in their lives. Yes. Right? I mean, when uh, you have a cocaine addicted son or a divorce with special needs children, like these women are connecting in and saying, you know what? We live about as perfect of a life as we can. And we want to help you understand yours a little bit more. And that is a beautiful gift to give to the world. I love that because I think, you know, I've seen, you know, I almost said in my work at the chamber, which I was, I'll just say, I was just laid off. So I'm going through my own <laughs> little mess. Um, but I've had 30 years of sitting with people who say, you know, when this happens, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, when I achieve this level in my business, I'm going to do this. When I lose 10 pounds, I'm going to do this. And I love that what you're saying is, you know, life is, it's messy. It's messier at times than at other times. It's chaotic. But if we kind of wait for perfection, you may find that you waited, you know, a lifetime. Yeah. Okay. So I have a great story. So I work with the possibility coaches. They're um, in Buckingham, Pennsylvania, here with us in Doylestown. Uh, they have a program called Quantum Leap. And the first time that I sat down with John Sat, it's John and John Sat and Chris Pate. And uh, they will love this plug. And I love them dearly. And they've actually become friends. I don't work with them anymore. But I sat down in uh, John's, uh, their office in their home. And he said, okay, what are your goals? Like, what are your goals in life? And I said, oh my God, I want a hundred clients in my business. I want a stronger marriage. I want a happier blended family. I want to be able to move the needle. So all these things line up. And John Satin was like, yeah, no, that's not the goal of life. The goal of life is peace. And that is a state that I have actually achieved in the last year and a half, probably maybe last year, where I know that no matter what happens, I have peace. So when you hear people like, oh, I'm going to do this when this happens, they're, what they're really searching for is a feeling of peace in their life that they don't have yet. And they're not going to get it, as you and I both know from, you know, being around the block here, you could be a bazillionaire and yeah. be a domestic violence abuser, completely miserable in your life. You don't have any peace. Peace does yeah. not come from an achieve one achievement. Peace may come from helping others. Peace comes from a lot of different places. But are you so secure in yourself? that you have a feeling of constant peace. Now, stuff happens in my life. Don't get me wrong. Right, right, right? of course. Stuff does happen, that peace does get rocked. But very quickly, I can always go back to that center of peace. And that is a yeah. that is a gift that the possibility coaches gave to me. I, they didn't know they were giving it to me at the time. It took a couple of years for it to catch up with me. I love, I love that. And I can relate, you know, and it's interesting because sometimes I, will receive information and sometimes I'll even disagree with the information. I will actually sit there and vociferously disagree. And then it kind of permeates my brain and I start to go, oh, I actually think that that 
makes sense. You know, I, somebody recent, just yesterday, a good friend said to me, you know, Amanda, you may want to pause for a second. And I was like, pause, pause. <laughs> I've been paused since I was 11 years old. And I really thought I can't pause. I gotta move. And I'm thinking, and I haven't fully accepted that notion. Um, but I'm, kind of coming to the thought that I may need to slow down for a second and like assess and process, but that does not come naturally um, for some reason. Well, what, yeah, well, here it is, right? Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So the change that you're going through and, you know, as, and I will say it here and I will shout it from the rooftops, you know, as I was coming on this podcast and preparing for it, I really did believe that I was coming on with, you know, one of the most popular people in the Doylestown area and also someone with a really good spirit and heart and connector. Oh, thank you. <laughs> she didn't pay me for that one either. Um, and then I, and so, then I said, not as popular as you think. <laughs> <laughs> so my point is you don't know, yeah. and yeah. it doesn't matter what you believe in Buddha, Allah, your Jewish, right. your Christian God, the universal power, Esther, Esther Hicks and, you know, Abraham, whatever some whatever path or you follow whatever your spirituality leads you to do and be and believe in there's a plan for you and what yeah. we do is we try to shoehorn our plan into some belief of where we have to be when honestly as long as you set your intentions the plan will evolve in front of you so as i was joking you know your your recent situation may have put you in better position to align with me or yeah. someone's going to hear about this and say, oh my gosh, I want Amanda Solar on my team because she knows freaking everybody. And she doesn't <laughs> know everybody in case you're out there wondering. <laughs> so that may be part of it, you know, and yeah. you're looking at, oh my gosh, I'm not working. And let's face it, you need to mourn the loss. That's something we don't yes. do really well either. Like, we don't. Mourn the loss, thank that situation, show mm -hmm. profound gratitude for the job, the opportunity, the connections you made, and then say, okay, it's all part of a plan as you're, you know, sitting there white knuckled. No, right. <laughs> like, no, plan, I hear you. I, I totally hear that. Um, when you, you know, back to if, and if you don't, if you don't want to answer, please feel free. Of course, I'll just keep jumping around because I like doing that. But did you know that you were a victim of domestic abuse while you were a victim? Like, did it, did you understand that that's what you're experiencing? So unfortunately, that like, is that a crazy question? No, it's not. Well, no, it's a logical question because what most people were saying at the time was, why the hell doesn't she just get out? Oh. And what, so here's what, here's how I often explain it. I was told several times that what I was experiencing was domestic violence yeah. at the hands of a vicious narcissist. There was no doubt in anybody's mind that that oh. was going on. I did not actually learn what that looked like because I was not at that point I did not remember that there was physical violence in the relationship those memories didn't surface for over a year and also oh. I didn't know about the layers of abuse yeah so I didn't know about financial abuse or legal abuse I didn't know about emotional control coercion I didn't know I I honestly believed he was just a jerk who needed to calm down he had been through a lot and his heart just needed to heal. And I also want to say this, this was not my first time at the domestic violence rodeo. So this was actually probably my third relationship. I've gone back and examined two in great detail. 
both had all the same markers, all the same actions, all the same ticks, and all of it was domestic violence. But we as a society, me included, look at domestic violence as broken bones, bruises. We don't really consider the other forms of abuse domestic violence necessarily. And they are just as horrific and harder because they're harder to heal from in many ways. I, I can understand that. And I would never be one who would ever say, why wouldn't somebody leave? We are very complicated people. And when you have two complicated people in a relationship, whether it's a marriage or a parent-child or friendship or siblings, relationships and people are so complex that it gets really murky. I think it gets really, really murky. And our, our emotions and approaches, you know, it's hard for us to understand even ourselves, let alone ourselves within, you know, a, a relationship. So, um, yeah, I would, I would never, you know, think that, but I will say what, what can I ask? What did give you the courage to say, oh, you know what? I need to, I need to get out of this. So I still, at the time of escape, I did not know that I was, I would, had no idea that I was leaving domestic violence that morning. Um, and I shared on social during domestic violence month, what got me out was actually my daughters. My two daughters came to me, and it's a very long story, and said, we're scared to death of them. We don't want to be here anymore. Wow. And we, That's powerful. we have seen you be, and the worst one was we've seen you being abused. And my middle daughter at the time was working with a therapist, I thought, to get over um, some issues that she was having. That's what she had told me when really she was exploring the world of, um, you know, abuse when mom is with okay. an abuser. Wow. And so once that happened, I, as a parent, didn't have a choice. I wow. looked at that as, oh my gosh, right. We are now, we're, it, we're never, we're not going back. Um, I do though, want to mention here, it takes the average victim seven times to leave. Interesting. So I understand you, that. When you have somebody that is trying to leave or is with an abuser, she needs all the love and support that you've got because she's wrapped up financially, emotionally. And as I explained in my post also during Domestic Violence Month, you know, she's thinks that it's all her fault. Yes, because that's yes. what she's constantly told. And that's the cloak of shame that I always talk about. You know, oh, oh, he's screaming or he's hitting because she didn't vacuum the carpet straight enough. Well, yeah. if I just vacuum straighter lines next time, he won't yell as loud. And the yeah. truth is, it's like I call it the when I write about it personally in my journals, I call it the double helix. You know, he is spinning you down this very predictable pattern of abuse that we all, that all survivor, all victims go through. And she is on her own side of it, spinning the other way, going, no, I can fix it. I can fix it. I can fix it. Yeah. Not realizing there's no chance. You can, if he wants you to be 115 pounds, you can hit that goal. And oh then he gosh. will be like, you know what? 110 pounds is hotter. And you're like, <laughs> I'm eating ice cubes here. I can't take it. You've met me in person. So you can imagine. I can't begin to even imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was good enough. The way that you clean, the way that you cook. Well, to be fair, I don't really cook well at all. <laughs> but, so he had me there. But like right. nothing I ever did. He would listen to sales calls and say, why are you saying like 
rip apart everything to doubt you. And you know, that makes it hard to even, I can imagine how impactful that would be because then you're dealing with those wounds and, and, and the lack of confidence, like that's hard. That is very hard. Well, interesting that you bring up the word wound because the first wound that, well, yes. Also what domestic violence healing begins with is usually crisis counseling because someone's first out and dealing with a complete mess, right? And so you do some crisis counseling. And then there's two things to heal from. One is what happened to you in the relationship, certainly. But more importantly, what drove you to the abuser? What is the core wound? Because the core, there was a deep-seated core wound inside of me that drove me to abuser after abuser after abuser. Like I said, this wasn't my first time at the rodeo. Right. And so I had to, I worked very closely with a trauma therapist. And when she started to talk about it, I was like, I really don't want to look at that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I understand that. It was painful. Yeah. And I I won't talk about it. Like now I, it's none of anybody's business. A few friends now, but I don't really talk about it because it was so deep and hard to get over. And then you can start to rebuild from there. Now, remember in many cases, the victim is often doing all this work and healing and attempting to rebuild her life and still being abused. Yeah. And so that's the that's another interesting line to get out there too. So when you're being stalked, harassed, financially decimated, when you're being legally abused through the court systems and with the attorneys and all that, it is a insane process to go through. You know, yeah, it sounds very, I mean, I would have to believe that more people don't extricate themselves than do because of all of that, you know? Um, What about, what advice would you give to somebody? If there is somebody listening who is in any level of this situation, do you have a word of advice for them? Lots of words of advice. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I want any victim out there to know, so there's two pieces of it, right? We want to talk to the victims, but we also want to talk to the loved ones. Like, so let's talk, let's talk to the victims first. So victims, I want you to know that I love you and I completely support and believe you. The feeling that you have that something is wrong or that it's your fault or that it's your job to heal him. I'm just going to use the him, her scenario. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, it's domestic violence. It is domestic abuse and you are worthy of so much more. And there is a whole community waiting to support you as you go through your healing journey. From the minute you think you want to leave, you should make contact, make contact now privately, even if you might not see a path out. There are support groups, there's therapy, there are educational programs available to you. I did them all. So good for you. Number one, there is way, there's a lot of support even before you leave. And along my journey, I met many women who weren't out yet and that's okay, but get the support now so you can start to rebuild. And the next thing is take every ounce of support that you can get your hands on to get out. If you have to go into transitional housing, if you have to hide out, out in a woman's shelter, if you, because what's on the other side of that is the best version of yourself. You'll go to hell and back to get there. Like I am very honest about it. 
you will literally dip down into a hell you never knew existed. I know that sounds a little scary. I'm supposed to be more encouraging. <laughs> you will sit in a alone that you cannot even believe exists for anyone on the planet. But it led to a period of the most transformational growth of my life. Wow. And, so, and there is a, an amazing life on your terms that's on the other side of it. And the other thing I want to do is talk to and have advice for the peep, the loved ones, right? Because I have been able to talk to my best friends who sat on the outskirts because he was a real jerk. Like every time I've been through this, everyone's like, I don't really want to hang out with them. He's kind of a jerk. Right. And if you feel that he is abusive, I can guarantee you it is about a thousand times worse at home behind closed doors than what you see when you're with them. And that victim is madly in love with her abuser. I'm not talking like, oh, I think he's great. I am talking wrapped up, Prince Charming, James Bond. He is everything to me. And he's probably wow. roped her in financially a little bit too. And there's probably some bigger issues going on. And she needs you to stick it out with her. And she needs you to forcefully say very quietly and far away from him, this is abuse. You run a big risk, right? Because right. more than likely she's going to run back and say, oh my God, Jen just said that this is abuse. And he's going to further try to isolate her from whoever that friend is. But you right. have to find a way. Like my daughters, I told the story recently of my older daughter was involved in an abusive relationship after I had left mine, right? So this is like the nightmare. Right. This is the generational lines of daughter yes. I was horrified. You have girls. I was horrified. Yes, of course. And yeah. I, I was with her down in Florida and I didn't know what to do. And all I said to her was on the way to the airport, when she was dropping me off, it was her birthday weekend. And i had had it with the guy. And I was like, he really picks on you a lot. And that's not right. That was enough to give her like that was, I planted a seed, you know, yeah. and I said, anything you need, if this is going to end anything you need, and it took her a couple more months, but eventually, you know, I got the call that she uh, texted me and she said, just want to let you know, Dexter, her dog is now the man of the house. I broke up with what's his name. So you can yes. make like inroads, yes. you have to find the way. My daughters came to me, they were very forceful. And if you've, you've never met my second daughter, she is a force of nature in herself. So, um, I mean, you feel like a force of nature. So I, you know, <laughs> It doesn't shock me. <laughs> yeah, she was, she kind of, and I knew, you know, they had a lot to lose. People are really worried like, oh, I'm going to lose my friend or, you know, I'm going to yeah. cause bigger problems or whatever. My kid, I, I always tell people, think about my daughters. They had a lot to lose in that conversation. They had their mom yeah. to lose. I could have been like, you're nuts. It's not that bad. We're going back. Right. Um. What about, what do you think was inside of you that, enabled you to go through hell the hell that you have to do you know like what was that ingredient that helped you to just say yeah I'm going to do it so, and how you drawing it yeah that's a great question um I often say it's my jersey scrappiness yeah. And my unending belief that I am entitled, and I use that word very clearly because we are all entitled to an amazing life on our own terms. Even if you're partnered with someone in a 30-year marriage, I watch my parents, they have their own stuff, yes. but you're entitled to your life on your terms, whatever that is. And That's you will find great. the right person. But so unending hope and belief that I was going to make it through. But here's the thing. 
I had left abusers before and I made the decision that I was, I was going to do the work, get a PhD in healing and never go through this again. Wow. And so that's what I did. <laughs> that was, the you know, you are set. You can see that you're such a writer. I have to say, you just gave me <laughs> chills and you really, you, you've named like tons of books while you've been speaking. I was like, Oh, life on your terms and you know, PhD in healing. Um, but yeah, I love that, that you're entitled to life on your terms. Right. Cause what abusers typically do, right. Is everything revolves around them. So it's time to wash the kitchen floors or it's time to go, you know, to the gym or it's time to, and it turns out, and I've just found this cause now I am in a relatively healthy relationship, even though we're both still nuts and we love to talk about that, but, um, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to the gym. Uh, okay. Like you can go to the gym on your own. I can work. 24 seven when I need to, cause I have too many clients. Isn't that a great problem? You know, I've been chastised for working right. that much in the past. And so you can say, okay, I'm going to go walk the dog or going to go visit my kid or he can do the same. And it's not selfish. It's just, yeah. this is what I'm going to wow. do. Like separate, like you can be separate at times. It's yes. okay. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. So what does life look like now? <sighs> <laughs> let's see um so I am in a very loving relationship with someone who so I'll, I'll back up and say you know I did dip my toe in the dating pond after this and did attract an abuser of a different color uh very very kind but still an abuser I'll just leave it at that yeah. um and went back did some more did some more work and wound up attracting someone who has a lot of explaining in his life too. You know, we are, we always joke like between the two of us, it's almost like when I sit around with Mary, Fran and Kristen, you know, like a lot of stuff has happened. And so yeah. my life is respected, which is a whole new game for me. I still am financially recovering. I am yeah. still build, building my business in many ways, like my own podcast, which I haven't activated in, I don't two, three years at this point, you know, it's still a hot mess to great success in my life, but yeah. I'm really, really happy and at peace, which I've, and also I am the most authentic version of myself that I think I have ever been. And it's largely in part for my partner who's like, yeah, you are crazy. Your kids are nuts. Like we're preparing for Thanksgiving around here. He's like, oh, batting down the hatches. It's going to be a good one, you know, but we're <laughs> applauded for the way that we kind of build, yes. have built and live our family life together too around the holidays. And that is astounding to me. I have been building my business. We all can use more clients, of course. Of course, um, yeah. But I'm still doing that. I've got my teaching career back, something that was snatched away from me because it took time away. So um, I've been blessed through some networking connections to make really great contacts at local schools. And I'm back teaching in the classroom as an adjunct, which I love. Uh, and it's nice, right? Multiple sources of income, which is always fun. So I work yeah. a lot and I rest a lot and I have great friends in the area. So, and I have a dog. So life is, life yeah. is good. Again, like, you know, the first year you escape, it's all about survival. Like, can I survive this? The second year, you really do a lot of healing. The third, you lay a foundation. And then the fourth is you grow. And so I'm really looking forward to 2023 to kind of taking all this foundation I keep laying and actually growing. Like, I'm done learning. Yeah. I'm done 
done with the programs. I'm done with the right. healing. I'm done. It's, it's time to really fly and grow. See, that is really awesome because I do think so much of it too, though, as you're talking, it's really reminding me that so much of our life is about the journey. This is why we're here. I mean, this is why you're here. It is your journey. If you came out fully formed and everything was perfect and you went to bed and you were happy and you woke up and you were happy and then you went to bed again and you were happy, I would kind of wonder, you know, well, what's the journey, you know, and you're celebrating all of that journey that you have gone through, that you are going through that you know, once this is done, then I think there'll be another journey because I'm like convinced that, you know, we're never done. And I think that's exciting. And I love that you're sharing it. And I love that you're a, a resource for people that they can look and say, you know what? She did it. Oh my gosh. She's such a strong, smart woman that gives a beautiful face to that situation, which I think is important you know? Yeah. Thanks. I do training for our local domestic violence center here. I'm doing one tomorrow night because for their um, volunteer corps as they build those. And I always say like, look, what you see is, you know, this like woman with a lot of energy and whatever, and she's got her business and she's got a boyfriend and she's really happy and blah, blah, blah. I was dilapidated when I got out. Yeah. Yeah. I spent weekends hysterically crying, scared to death on my couch. Yeah. I've, and that's the story that I want people to know if that's where you are. But I also want to back up and say something that came to mind. The top of my online dating profile when I went, when I went back out there seriously the second time, God bless every blade of broken grass that led me straight to you. That gives and me chills. That yeah. is my, that is one of my mantras. You know, there is a whole succession of steps that we took and a lot of grass broke right yeah. in getting here and yeah the journey wasn't perfect but the journey led me to you like you today or my boyfriend you know yes. That, yes that's where the journey and the people that are with you on the journey you know they say what is it they're here for a reason or a season or a lifetime they've oh, come right. on they've taught us things they've helped us build stronger and we then continue to grow and some stick around and some don't <laughs> so you know, what, do you do anything? I mean, I'm a big believer in like everything with intention. Otherwise I feel like we kind of just slide through. What are things that you do to make sure that you're staying kind of on track, so to speak? Do you have anything that you do to kind of stay there? Yeah. So one thing you should know is that I am amazing at setting goals and then not really great in the action. And that comes from a lot of abuse. And that's what I'm talking about, that growth stage. But to stay on course with things like my mental health and my self-care, I actually have a very flexible but rigid schedule. <laughs> that I, so the yeah. first thing when I wake up in the morning, you know, dog goes out, I grab a cup of coffee, boyfriend goes off to work with his bagel that I prepared for him, and then it's me. And I do something called morning pages, which you can look up. Uh, it's, you know, 300 words. I type them into a Google doc. I've done them since the day I left or the day after I left. Wow. And so I've done them for years and it is get the muck out of your head. Yeah. Like, so all the crap that sits in your head and you may write about the same thing over and over and over again. And then I'm always working a program. Like right now I'm working on shadow work. So got a workbook. Oh, right. So I work on that a little bit. 
uh, but it's the morning pages that includes gratitude and that includes intention. And my intention right now is focused around productivity. So I set a lot of like intention, do a lot of gratitude. And then the dog and I get out and go for like a walk. Now it's getting yep. colder. Our days are numbered because I don't really like the cold, but right. <laughs> and we get out and I'm always listening to either like nothing and practicing my, you know, Academy Award winning speech with the dog is really sick of hearing on our walk. <laughs> Or I'm listening to some great music, maybe a book on tape, like Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within is my current one. So I do that. And then I get back and I get, like they say, eat the frog. I usually eat the frog. So I eat the big project. I don't know where eat the frog came from. I so never even have heard that. That's <laughs> Yeah. If you look at, well, we have to look it up and find out. It's someone else's quote. So I don't want to okay, get Okay. Eat the frog. <laughs> yeah. Eat the frog. So do that one big thing that mm. you don't want to do. Yeah. So I usually sit down and do that. One thing that I've worked really hard on is coming up with five goals in a day, right? Like what are five things I want to get done? And I use a very specific type of journal to help me do this. Uh, so that keeps me on track. I've also, because I teach and I have a business and I have children and I, you know, all this kind of, I'm a single, I'm an only parent, right? They don't have another parent to go through. So all their stuff lands on my to-do list, which is wow. fine, but it just, it needs to be organized. So I've learned and figured out ways to better organize myself around that really honoring, like, you're not going to get it right for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. So if it all still great. stays on post-it notes, which are abundant yes. in my life, that that's fine too. You're not perfect. Like no one is expecting you to get all this perfect and to, you know, to go back to where we were, anyone who looks like they have a perfect schedule. Well, that's not true. Kristen Smedley does have. <laughs> like the ultimate morning routine. I think she gets up at like four o'clock and starts working out. I'm like, that oh my is gosh. It's exhausting to listen to her talk about it. But she yeah. does like the miracle morning or something. I don't remember. But so people like that can do it, you know, but right. anyone that you have to pick and choose the pieces that are good for you. That work for you. So when you talked about intention, um, do you ever think about purpose? I, I, I'm really into <laughs> purpose these days. And do you think about that? Is that a word that you use in your life? Do you? So I don't use like purpose. That? I use, uh, and I'm doing goal planning, right? For 2023 now. So the big question is, what's your why? Okay, got it. Which, right. um, double, which really dovetails also, of course, you know, you can take it a half a step backwards. You know, why are abusers successful? Why do they tear down their victims? Why are they most of the time successful business people and wealthy? It's because they're, why? is so tightly dialed in that they live for it. Right. I never, yes, I, I just, never thought about that. Neither did I. Cause I was like, why are they, why is every abuser? Oh been my with gosh. That's days? so true. When you just think about people, you know, not even in your work life or people you've come across, that is such a great point. Like why isn't karma taking care of them? It's because their why is dialed in. Yeah. They wake up every morning looking to hurt people and make money. Yeah. So that's what they do. So my yeah. why I'm tightly dialing it in. So I, there's four parts to my why, <laughs> which is really funny. So the first is to show my daughters. I mean, they kind of, they've seen me build my business over the last 10 years, but is to really show them that they can do anything. I wasn't raised in that world. And I want them to know that I don't care what harebrained crazy idea they have their support for them. I'll be there to catch them if they need me to catch them. But break the generational women stay home. You don't have to, it doesn't work for everybody. 
Next part of my why is I want to build something for myself selfishly. Like I want to show myself that I can really do this. Like I, I was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years. I was then in a PhD program where my advisor got a student pregnant and had to leave the university. I have never been just set on some path for success because I didn't attract it. So my why is now to attract that. Uh, that's the second part. The third part of my why is to save all the victims of domestic violence from the legal hell that I went through because your abuser's why is tightly dialed in on wrecking your life and the legal system as we know it is designed to allow them to do it. So if someone wants to sue you, they can just continually sue you until you bleed dry. So my why wow. is to say, you know what abuser? Keep suing, I'm paying the bill. Now it gets really expensive. And, and so lawyers and judges are all mixed into the system. So we're gonna tease that out. And my fourth why is actually really personal. I'm not sure I'm allowed to talk about it, but my boy, one of my boyfriend's children um, is an adult, fully fledged adult, Penn, Temple, Masters, the whole thing, but um, has some physical limitations. And what he goes through, what the family goes through, he lives with his mom full time, but nurses don't show up. And someone has to be with him full time. And so part of my why is, not only do I want to set him up in a better situation, like with a concierge, so that uh -huh. he's an adult. He's like 28 years, 27, 28 years old. Wow. So, it, and he doesn't have a nurse on a Saturday night. Now, one of his parents have to take care of him. Like, that's a lot for, you, yeah. you know, my, kid, my kids are out at 25. Like, my 25-year-old is yeah. out of the house. So, I want to make sure that that community, just because I'm not living in it by any stretch of the imagination, but when you see that community of people who can't do anything for themselves, they can't feed themselves, they can't lift a bottle. Well, you can lift a bottle of water sometimes, but everything is, needs to be planned out. And then the support doesn't show up. Oh my gosh. I know. So, but that's going to take a lot of money. Like that's a whole nother plan, but that's part of my why now too. Like this marginalized group of people where society, much like domestic violence victims, it's actually not that different. We don't, we're, we're like the muck on the back porch that no, the stink on the back porch that no one wants to look at, like that gopher that's died under the back porch. Like, well, if you just stay home, we don't have to deal with it. Right. Well, I just have to say when I said, oh my gosh, you were thinking I was saying how terrible that is, which it is, but really I was saying, oh my gosh, you are so inspiring. That's <laughs> really what that, oh my gosh was. <laughs> Thank you. I love I'm going to adopt that. I love that notion of dialing in to your why on that, on that level. I mean, that is really, really, really super powerful. Um, gosh, I'm going to have to like, we're going to have to podcast all the time, Jen. <laughs> Maybe right. I can do like featured guests. Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah. And also on the other side of that is something that Mary Fran Bontempo taught me. I know I talk about them all the time. Um, okay. and it's really not their promote. I'm not on their promotional team. <laughs> just start paying you if they're not. <laughs> She's helped me a lot. But one thing that she taught me was to detach emotionally from any outcome. And I learned this, you know, a simplistic example would be in the online dating world. You go out on a date and you're like, oh, we've been talking for two weeks and this is great. And we're going to get married and have children, you know, <laughs> and yes, it's like, hold I on. Yes. He could be a total loser. He could ghost you. He could be a she. He could, I mean, you never know, right? right? So don't get attached to the outcome of having a billion downloads on your podcast. Don't get attached to finding the next perfect job. 
don't emotionally attach to anything happening, but the right thing, whatever that is, you may not even know it. (laughs) That's the hardest part. That's true. And that is a learning lesson. I'm actually going through a certification for um, Deepak Chopra, this primordial sound meditation. I'm getting certified in it. And that is this recurring lesson. Um, And even the doing nothing is part of it, but that's a whole side conversation. Um, Okay. The magic wand, the proverbial magic wand that people ask about. So somebody gives you a magic wand and says, you can make a change. You can do something with this magic wand what would you do with it? So selfishly, I would have to say that I am now financially secure for the rest of my life. I'm not talking about oh, yachts, yeah. planes, and a beach house. Yeah, I'm talking no. about, I'm, I'm good. Yes. But if I could, if I could wave that magic wand, it, I would have to say that I'm going to help those marginalized people. I'd start with the domestic violence legal issue, that decimation, that bankruptcy, that feeling of fear that people that women who leave have of I'm not going to be able to see my children anymore I can't afford a lawyer I have to represent myself oh my god I'm in court again for a full day because he's decided to sue me because I paid a bill like it goes and so to be able to say you know what we're going to ease that pain come rejoin society as a somewhat normal person but we're going to take that pain away I may that may be that's a great question I would have to I think you asked me that in the pre-prep notes. I don't remember what I wrote. But you know, I actually love that answer. And I even love the first part about being financially um, comfortable because, you know, we have to feel safe first and foremost before we can kind of do whatever it is that we need to do. I mean, maybe we don't, but my thought is that we do have to have a level of security and safety, um, you know, and that, you know. I'm a psych professor. So it's actually part of Maslow's hierarchy of needs if we want to get academic here. Yeah. And it beca- it's part of the triangle, right? So we first need food, shelter, and water. And the next level, the ne- very next thing is safety. And it's something yeah. that victims of domestic violence don't have. Survivors yeah. don't, I don't have it. I don't have a constant right. feeling of safety. And to live a fully actualized life, you need that feeling of safety. And I believe most of the problems that we have in the world are because people don't feel safe and it leads to really horrendous mental health issues. Everyone yes. likes to blame mental health on weakness. And the truth is you're being bombarded and you don't have a feeling of safety. There's something right. off. Right. Well, Jen Gardella, I have to say thank you so much for for being so um, open and so honest and so helpful. Um, you are just, you're a game changer and I appreciate it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening. And thanks to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, to the talented Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, and performed the Soulful Connections theme song. Thank you to my friends and family who give me super feedback each show. And I would love to hear feedback and thoughts from you. You can do that by sending an email to soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S like solar, O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com. Thanks for connecting.